Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you've had a fantastic Tuesday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and let's just jump into it. And the first thing we're gonna talk about today actually involves everyone's favorite game show. Who are a number of people angry at today in news with actually a return contestant, Nikita Dragon, who actually, the last time we mentioned on this show, uh, it was because she uh, showed up to the VMAs with uh, three collared men on leashes. Although we didn't really dive into that backlash, we used that as a reason to talk about the water crisis in New Jersey. But this week you may have seen her face in a number of places, including the BBC, because she is being accused of cultural appropriation, which as defined by the Oxford English Dictionary is a term used to describe the taking over of creative or artistic forms, themes, or practices by one cultural group from another. It is in general used to describe Western appropriations of non-Western or non-white forms and carries connotations of exploitation and dominance. As far as why she was being accused of cultural appropriation, it was because she was wearing this braided wig, which seemingly from her Instagram story, uh, she knew that there would be backlash. You guys, I am fully aware a lot of people are gonna say stuff about the hair choice that I have made and I'm just gonna be straight up and real with you I appreciate all of my gorgeous black women and this was completely inspired by them this is actually a protective hairstyle used to you know really protect the hair get all the braids it's such a cute look and I wanted to emulate this in a wig this is actually a wig I know I didn't actually get it braided but I know a lot of times people get crazy in terms of like trying to rename a style or something that has such deep-rooted culture and i would never want to obviously offend anybody um you know me being part native american we also have braids and stuff like that but i just wanted to take this moment to really just show my love because i feel like there is a double standard for people who wear styles that are predominantly obviously black or come from black culture and people want to act like it's a new trend or act like it's you know, something brand new or whatever. And I just don't think that that's the case, obviously. And I, I, even though I'm quote unquote benefiting, I guess, from the double standard, I just think it's whack. It's like, why can't these women wear their gorgeous style to work? Or why are we having people being sent home from schools and things? And I just feel like I definitely want to wear raise awareness for that, for one. I just want to pay my respect. I definitely don't want to disrespect anybody. And so I guess with this story, I just wanted to know your thoughts around this. You know, because every time a story like this pops up, especially specifically around braids, you have a number of people talking about braids in different cultures and how far back it goes. And I will say in this particular instance, I was surprised that there were so many vocal people. And I say that because when we've covered similar stories like this in the past, a large part of the argument that was that it was theft, right? It was appropriation and not appreciation. Right? Essentially, like, there's no crediting of the source material. But here, in this particular instance, you have Nikita, what seems to me as crediting, complimenting, appreciating, even raising awareness to issues around the hair. I think if you kind of block out all of that and you kind of focus just on the things where, where she mentions, you know, Native American heritage, you can take jabs around that, but it, it seems like, in general, it is a, it a full-on appreciation of something and acknowledging of something else. And I don't know, it just ends up kind of being the, this, this disappointing situation where it feels like it's an opportunity to bring people together, raise awareness on a thing, but we end up just kind of seeing what we see more and more every day. Divisions growing and more walls being raised. Right, and understand I say that as someone that is aware that, you know, I, I'm saying this from a position of someone that's in the majority. And the situation we're talking about involves members of a minority feeling wrong. But with all of that said, everything we've showcased, of course, I, I pass the question off to you. Whether you agree with me, you disagree with me, let me know why. It's always eye-opening or at the very least interesting. And then it, it feels like we at the very least need to briefly mention yet another awkward breakup that we saw this morning coming 
coming from the White House. This morning, President Trump tweeted, I informed John Bolton last night that his services are no longer needed at the White House. I disagreed strongly with many of his suggestions, as did others in the administration, and therefore, I asked John for his resignation, which was given to me this morning. I thank John very much for his service. I will be naming a new national security advisor next week. And as far as John Bolton's version of events, uh, a few minutes later, he tweeted, I offered to resign last night, and President Trump said, quote, let's talk about it tomorrow. Oof. Now, as far as how unexpected this news was, I mean, just from the public-facing aspect, very. One, you had White House correspondent for NBC News, Peter Alexander, tweeting, apparently Trump didn't notify the rest of the White House after dismissing Bolton last night. And the reason for that, literally an hour before that Trump tweet, the White House had scheduled a 2.30 p.m. briefing with John Bolton, among others. And according to reports, there have been issues and disagreements for a while now. But, you know, as NPR Politics pointed out, the announcement comes as Bolton was reported to have urged Trump to not negotiate with the Taliban, which, of course, we talked about the updates regarding that yesterday. But yeah, big changes, and there have been a lot of interesting reactions from people who are obviously not fans of the president, like journalist Molly Knight, who tweeted, strange morning for me, as the person I like least in the world humiliated a famous war criminal. But yeah, that was a thing. And then let's talk about this major news coming out of California about student athletes and the potential for them to actually get paid. And for those who didn't see when we talked about this a while back when this was making headlines earlier in the summer, here's a quick refresher. Back in February, SB 206, better known as the Fair Pay to Play Act, was introduced to the California State Assembly. Now, this act would allow college athletes to make money from the use of their name, image, or likeness, and it would also prevent schools from revoking a student's scholarship as a result of earning compensation. If fully passed, it would go into effect in 2023, and while it passed the California State Senate by a large majority in May. The bill is still very controversial and faces a decent amount of opposition. Back in June, we saw the NCAA warn that California schools could be barred from competing in the organization's championships if the bill was passed. With the NCAA's president, Mark Emmert, writing in a letter, we recognize all of the efforts that have been undertaken to develop this bill in the context of complex issues related to the current collegiate model that have been the subject of litigation and much national debate. Nonetheless, when contrasted with the current NCAA rules, as drafted, the bill threatens to alter materially the principles of intercollegiate athletics and create local differences that would make it impossible to host fair national championships. As a result, it likely would have a negative impact on the exact student-athletes it intends to assist. And the NCAA isn't the only organization that has expressed concerns over this bill. For example, you had prominent schools in California, like Stanford University, speaking against it. According to a letter obtained by the Stanford Daily in July, the school's athletic director said, allowing student-athletes to receive compensation for their name, image, and likeness would present serious challenges for higher education institutions and to the collegiate sports model. And adding, we believe that for any reform to be fair and meaningful to all student athletes, it needs to occur at the national level and be adopted by the NCAA. But a lot of that was catch up and it brings us to just yesterday where the California State Assembly voted in favor of this bill with 73 voting yes and six people just not voting. And with this, we saw celebrations regarding this vote with State Senator Nancy Skinner who introduced the legislation tweeting, grand slam, we hit it out of the park. We're about to end the exploitation of California college athletes. Some professional athletes, specifically those with California ties, cheered the bill on. Like Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green who said, Extremely excited about the bill that passed tonight, allowing players to be paid. Finally, we are making some progress and getting this thing right. Kids going to sleep hungry, can't afford anything, yet these universities are profiting off those same kids. Sign it. And last week, we had also seen LeBron James expressing support for the bill in a series of tweets saying, this law is a game changer. College athletes can responsibly get paid for what they do and the billions they create. California can change the game and calling this way overdue. And as far as what happens from here, it's, it's not completely done. The bill has been modified since the Senate's vote back in May. So the bill will be going 
going back to them for a vote, which could happen as early as today, though the official deadline is until Friday. Now there, it's expected that will easily pass, which means it will then go into the hands of California Governor Gavin Newsom. There, he'll have 30 days to sign it. Uh, official reports are saying it is unclear which way he would go. But I mean, really, all things considered, it, it's hard to see a world where this is not pushed through. One, based off the votes, there appears to be such heavy support that you would imagine Newsom would align. Or let's say he vetoes it, the, the number of votes that we're seeing right now could override that veto. Though a veto override would be huge, because even though it's likely they do have the numbers, overriding gubernatorial vetoes in California is rare. In fact, the legislature has not done that since 1979. But ultimately, that's where the story is. And, and as far as my opinion on it, I personally think that it is great, and I hope that this is successful. Right, notably because some people create confusion here. There are no provisions in this bill that say the school or the NCAA have to pay the athletes. Although I think down the road, that argument could be made because a, a presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, has said, quote, college sports are awesome and a lot of fun, but it's pure exploitation that schools make millions off of student athletes, including television contracts and corporate sponsorships, and then hide behind their tax-exempt status as a school of higher education. It's immoral that these kids are scrounging for meal money while the adults around them are making millions off them each year. And I agree with that, and I hope that what we're seeing in California puts pressure on the NCAA. And I hope other states join in, because at the end of the day, who has the true value? The people who actually play the game that are told to essentially shut the fuck up and take their scholarship, you're welcome for letting you come here. Where yes, you'll also get an education, but we're gonna milk you for every fucking dollar you're worth. But of course, that's a story, my personal thoughts on it, and I pass the question off to you, what do you think? And then, something I think that is really important to talk about today, because one, it is something that affects a lot of people, and I, I think that it's great when more people speak out about it, and two, I wanna make sure that this is the 10th video in a row that YouTube demonetizes. I'm joking, but I'm not joking, I'm trying to lighten the mood because today is World Suicide Prevention Day. According to a news release from the World Health Organization, one person dies from suicide every 40 seconds. And according to data from the World Health Organization, nearly 800,000 people die by suicide every year. And while 79% of the world's suicides occurred in low and middle income countries, high income countries had the highest rate at 11.5 per 100,000. Also notably, the WHO statement points out nearly three times as many men as women die by suicide in high income countries, which is also notable there because in low and middle income countries, the rate is more equal. And while the number of countries with national suicide prevention strategies has increased in the five years since WHO issued its first global report on suicide, the agency said that the overall number is still too low with just 38 countries. Now, as far as key ways to prevent suicide, the World Health Organization said one way to decrease global suicide rates is to limit access to means often used, with the agency saying the most common methods of suicide are hanging, pesticide self-poisoning, and firearms, with WHO saying that the intervention that has the most imminent potential to bring down the number of suicides is restricting access to pesticides that are used for self-poisoning. And the example they use here is in Sri Lanka, where a series of bans on hazardous pesticides led to a 70% fall in suicide, saving an estimated 93,000 lives from 1995 to 2015. They also saw a similar situation in South Korea. The agency also recommends reducing suicide by educating the media on how to report responsibly on the topic, identifying people at risk early on, following up with those at risk, and helping younger people build skills to better cope with stress. And the WHO partnered with the World Federation for Mental Health and several other organizations to launch a campaign on two Tuesday called the 40 Seconds of Action Campaign. And this campaign encourages those struggling with suicidal thoughts to take 40 seconds to start a conversation with someone they trust about their feelings. You can also support the campaign by initiating private conversations with someone you're concerned for or sharing a message of hope with someone you know is struggling. And according to the agency, if you or someone you know may be considering suicide, talk to them about it. Listen with an open mind and offer your support. The World Health Organization has a website with more resources about what you can do and how to identify warning signs. Additionally, those struggling with suicidal thoughts can call or even text, including links down below 
for both the US and international audience. And the final thing that I'll, I'll attach to this story, so it's not all just data and phone numbers. Please know that if you are having these feelings, you are having these thoughts, even if it's it's like things are starting to pop up, right? It's, it's the beginning of something, please know that you are not alone. And I say this as someone, I don't normally broadcast this. I have had those thoughts. I could obviously never know your specific situation, but I know my individual darkness, what I deal with. And I'll tell you the first step is to talk to that, that trusted individual, to use resources, to speak to a mental health professional. It does not make you weak. You are just simply human. And anyone that does not realize that, they are either ignorant or they just lack empathy. Yeah. That's where I'm gonna end this one. I, I hope you're well. And that's where I'm going to end today's show. And hey, if you liked it, hit us with a like. If you're new here, you want more, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Definitely click that bell to turn on notifications. Also, if you're not 100% filled in, maybe you missed yesterday's show or you wanna watch something else that we made, you can click or tap right there to watch that. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.